0: This is Simply Cyber. Folks, today is monday november 7 2022 welcome to episode 235 of your simply cyrus daily cyber threat briefing I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and providing my expert analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner, so how can you operationalize it today at work or this week, or if you're looking to break into the industry, <clears throat> providing context, explaining terms, giving you kind of macro-level trends and pictures. That way, if you stay here long enough, believe me, you'll, you'll pick up the gist of what's going on, and you'll be that much more uh dynamic and just drilling it in job interviews okay <laughs> now before we get into it I want to give a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors barricade cyber solutions and recon infosec barricade cyber solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated hardworking business owners into absolute turmoil But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. That's Eric Taylor uh, and his whole gang over there at barricadecyber.com doing excellent work. Also want to say shout out to Recon InfoSec. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged SecOps capability from the ground up, Check out the managed detection and response offering from Recon InfoSec. Their offering includes the people, process and technology needed to deliver full spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. MDR, it's an awesome option. uh, If you're a small to mid-sized organization and you need real cybersecurity practitioners helping you but you don't have the budget for it, MDR really is the solution, so check them out. I want to remind you, if you hold professional certs that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So two and a half a week, ten a month. Be sure to say what's up in chat, just like Greg Wilson, Rich Arjun, Aaron KG, Daniel Griffin. My man, Jeremy Williams with a cup of coffee. I'll take a slug off that. Like all of them, just say what's up, say hi. And, uh, you know, it's basically like forensic accountability that you are here. If you are live, I love it. Jam into the tribe. Been a minute since I got some tribes. 76 of you in here, 84 of you in here. People just piling, in, I love it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the stream. If you're on replay, drop hashtag team replay in the comments or in chat. It counts just the same as if you were here live. Uh, and don't forget, everybody, that you can listen to the daily simply the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing on your podcast audio app of choice because uh, we post it up there right after the stream ends. Again, thanks so much, Jeremy Williams, for the chat, for the sub. Guys, you know what we do here? We're gonna get into the news, but for the next, I don't know, say two minutes or so, I want to say, what's up? Let's do check the Rhyme with Tribe. Just make a natural kind of Tribe called Quest uh, morning routine. Let's get into it. How's everybody doing? Good weekend? It is Monday, so we will be doing Callan's artwork of the day, which is particularly on brand for Callan. You guys are gonna love it. Um, He's only seven, but uh, it's kind of funny what he did. So we'll check that out. Very germane to uh, United States citizens uh, today. Hey, Axiom Brevity. Hey, Paula Terranova. Thanks for the squad support. Living the dream is right. Let me take a slug off the coffee here. It is Monday. Guys, I'm super pumped. I thought I was going to be able to unleash a new look and feel to the stream today. Uh, The digital digital graphics team that I'm I'm working with um, got me the stuff early this morning, and I was trying to stick it in. There's some mods that I have to make, but guys... Uh, I'm, in, I'm I'm t- I'm am investing back into the show. Wait until you see it. Um, the 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 whole the whole look and vibe of this thing is about to get amplified to ten uh, or tenfold. And Kimberly, you're gonna love it. I, I always have an eye out for uh, design and marketing when it comes. What's up, Tom Bishop? Good to see you. Katrina Noble's in the house. Good to see you, Lewis Diamond. Hey hey, Nathan Bolan getting that coffee on. Hmm. Weirdale Yankovic flick is good. I gotta check that out. I started watching the creepy line documentary on capital surveillance, um, or surveillance capitalism on Netflix. Worth checking out. Very, very creepy. Um, how is barricade with internships? That's a question for Eric. Uh, they're just a sponsor. Eric's the CEO. This is a red canary shirt. Atomic Red Team representing guys. Not your. This isn't your. Uh, your dad's cybersecurity shirt we're upgrading here huh yeah i love this uh, i was hanging out with those guys at wild west hacking fast they threw a shirt at me definitely gonna wear it on stream mm. all right well let me just pour some coffee and we will launch the news i do have an air conditioning repairman coming today i know it's not a need for air conditioning that's why i schedule it just annual maintenance but they're supposed to be here between 8 and 12 eastern which is right now literally i called him and told them to come back After 8.30. So we'll see how that goes. All right, guys, let's get into the news. Thanks to Tribe Called Quest uh, for providing the intro music. You guys are the best. Um, Wish I had found out about you before you guys broke up. Uh, Thanks, Carrie, for the coffee. All right, guys, let's get into the news, yeah? From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Monday, November 7th. 2022. U.S. Treasury thwarts DDoS attack from Russian KillNet Group. This is the same pro-Kremlin group that claimed responsibility for knocking more than a dozen U.S. airports' websites offline on October 10th in similar network traffic flooding incidents. In that case, the large-scale DDoS attack didn't disrupt air travel or cause any operational harm to the airports. A day later the same group claimed they unleashed another bot army on JP Morgan Chase but saw similarly feeble results. According to Reuters which first reported on the US Treasury incident, the Kilnet DDoS flood didn't have any operational impact on the agency and it happened a couple of days before the Russians turned their attention to JP Morgan Chase.
0: All right. Yeah. So I'm texting with the air conditioning repair technician right now. So let me just give me a hot second. Uh, U.S. Treasury thwarts denial of service attack and another pathetic stunt. Okay. Well, that's uh, subjective. Um, Guys, just distributed denial of service attacks. This is something you should know about. Okay. Real quick. uh, I'm happy to hear that the United States was able to defend from this. Killnet is one that I've heard over and over again recently, like in the last... um, in the last couple, I don't know, like months as like, you know, a, a, a sick distributed denial of service, uh, service. The one thing I would point out, uh, you know, just for everybody's, uh, knowledge, like denial of service attacks aren't super sophisticated. You do have to typically keep them up and running in order to have them be effective. Think of like a fire hydrant going. If the second you let go of the wrench uh, the water stops pouring out and then all of a sudden, you know, what good are you? So, um, So but uh, denial of service attacks come from like a single point distributed denial of service attacks the way that it really works in in today's day with any level of efficacy is where you either compromise a bunch of bots. So think of Mirai botnet like 500,000 hosts that are compromised just waiting to be directed and then they're told to attack a specific target. That's one way to do it or the real the real sophisticated way the way if you want to be a baller. Um, is an amplification attack. And this is where you hit like a memcache server or CDN servers, like these servers that are just sitting on the internet full of content, waiting to deliver so your Netflix streams faster no matter where you are, or your Amazon pictures load faster wherever you are. These servers that are sitting all over the internet kind of duplicating data, they're waiting to just fire it away. And if they're misconfigured, you can tell them to fire away at a victim. And that's how an amplification denial service attack Uh, works. So just be mindful. There are different kinds of denial of service attacks. There are services that you can employ. Cloudflare's um, one, there's a whole bunch of techniques for protecting from denial of service attacks. But for the most part, we do not see uh, sustained denial of service attacks uh, with any level of efficacy, right? Like you knock something over and a few hours later, it's back up. No big deal. Uh, This isn't quite 2014 with Call of Duty and Um, when uh, Lizard Squad knocked over PlayStation Network and Xbox Network.
1: Government scanning all internet devices hosted in the UK. The National Cyber Security Centre, NCSC, the government agency that leads the country's cybersecurity mission, is now scanning all internet exposed devices hosted in the UK for vulnerabilities. The goal is to assess UK's vulnerability to cyber attacks and to help the owners of internet-connected systems understand their security posture. NCSC's scans are performed using tools hosted in a dedicated cloud hosting environment. If any sensitive or personal data is inadvertently collected, the NCSC says it will, quote, take steps to remove the data and prevent it from being captured again in the future, end quote. British organizations can also opt out of having their servers scanned by the government by emailing a list of IP addresses that they want to be excluded to the N.C.S.C.
0: Cool alright so the UK government is providing like wholesale vulnerability scanning right this is a pretty common practice um, at any organization, you buy a scanner, a couple thousand bucks, you scan your network, you give yourself a pat on the back cause you got visibility. And then you realize, oh my God, vulnerability management management's actually wicked hard because now that I know all, all of these problems, how do I correct them? I got to talk to it. Who owns this app? Oh, that person uh, left. We don't know where it is. I don't know. Like it, it terminates at the facility. We don't have any visibility, uh, you know, after the switch, we'd have to send someone there. Like there's a million, <laughs> there's a million stories about, um, Vulnerability management and why it's hard, uh, but you know whatever the UK government is doing, doing basically federal Shodan, um, kind of right. It's it's like they're scanning they're scanning all the external IP addresses in the UK, um, which by the way I find interesting how they're able to d- distinguish. I guess the UK is technically like islands, maybe so it's easier to know where the perimeter is. But anyways, there's definitely a way to do it. Uh, They could knock something over, so obviously they would definitely want to coordinate this. My UK people, did they they make a big hubbub about doing this before they did it? Because if, if you knocked over something, that would be bad. But I do want to point out, if they knocked over something, it means it was external facing, and a threat actor could have knocked it over just as easily. And in fact, almost every external IP is scanned, like... Like within an hour of it being up, like we, we could stand up maybe for a fun stream one day. We'll do a let's build honeypot and put it online and look at it together and watch it get hammered. And that'll be the big payoff for the live stream. Let me know in chat if you guys want to do that. We could do that. That'd be fun. Um, anyways, good on you, UK. Um, you're going to quickly find that vulnerability management is a nightmare. So cheerio, pip pip and all that. Mark
1: trains halted by cyber attack. A major breakdown of Denmark's train network during the weekend of October 30th was the result of a hacker attack on an IT subcontractor's software testing environment, this according to Danish train operator DSB, speaking on Thursday. While not a direct attack on DSB, the attack did prompt subcontractor Supeo to shut down its servers, which in turn affected locomotive drivers' ability to operate the trains for several hours on Saturday, according to Danish media microsoft
0: yeah well you know what guys trains you can't like you can't tow truck a train right train is used for like a lot of logistics you know we move people in them but we move a lot of product in trains and they're you know digital there's a lot of routing and switching and, and all this stuff going on so it is a big deal i would almost call it critical infrastructure as part of the transportation uh area uh that if a train is jacked up it could cause major issues. I don't know what kind of the objective is, right? So, <clears throat> this isn't 1999. Typically, when um, when there's a cyber attack of some sort, at least for me, occasionally there are like you know renegade, I just like to see the world burn kind of people. But for the most part, there is some type of objective that you're executing on. There's a goal, right? Look at look at the cyber kill chain. The final thing is like action on objective. What the hell is the point of what you're doing? So you hack into a train. Why? Is there product on the train you're trying to prevent from being delivered? Is there another train that someone's gonna be on that you want to prevent them from getting to their destination? Like what is there medicine on the on the train that you want to expire before uh safely arrives to a, a refrigeration facility? I don't know. But what's the point? What is the objective and then you can kind of work yourself back to figure out motivations and um you know like what kind of business continuity so um i don't know you know that kind of sucks you would hope you would hope that there would be some type of manual bypass uh for a situation like this where you could just like you know okay like we're not going to have gps logistics or whatever but we can still drive the train we could still you know, get it off onto a sidetrack or something like that, or decouple the, the 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 lead, you know, the actual engine train, the Thomas, right? Push that off to the side and bring another one over and then drag all of the uh, cargo. I don't know, but kind of sucks. You don't hear too much about this. Uh, side note, I saw Bullet Train over the weekend. Great movie. Speaking of trains, great, great movie. Sued for open source piracy through GitHub Copilot. Programmer
1: and lawyer Matthew Butterick has sued Microsoft, GitHub and OpenAI alleging that GitHub's CoPilot violates the terms of open source licenses and infringes on the rights of programmers. GitHub CoPilot is an AI-based programming aid that uses OpenAI codecs to generate real-time source code and function recommendations in Visual Studio. The tool was trained with machine learning using billions of lines of code from public repositories and can transform natural language into code snippets across dozens of programming languages. While Copilot can speed up the process of writing code and ease software development, its use of public open source code has caused experts to worry that it violates licensing attributions and limitations.
0: Uh, this is interesting. So basically, um, you know, they're coming for our jobs. The robots are coming for our jobs. Uh, software development is not, um, not, not, not included in this area. So it sounds like, uh, AI ML is just ripping through GitHub, which by the way, is public, public, um, public content, right? Open source. Uh, and it's, it has used all of those inputs to learn how to code in software, which I find really wild, really interesting. Now, I guess copilot is a paid service. Um, so you know, the the, the the premise of this lawsuit is that oh, like the machine learned on my content and my coding and now it's making it's doing a service that pays based on that learning, but I'm getting no attribution. I'm not getting a taste of the pie. Cash, homie. It's all about that. All about the dollar dollar bills, y'all. So uh we'll see where this goes. It, it it's bananas, uh some of the different use cases AIML is being being used for. Um, I don't know if anyone I don't know if anyone has used um, any of the code that this codex thing has has developed or look at it. I was a software engineer before I became a before I found my love of computer of uh, cybersecurity, but um, you know, it's not like dude, even when you import a module or something like from PyPy or anything like that, you're not going through the source code. You're like, what is this? You read like the comments at the top. What does this do? It does what I need. Okay, what's the function call and what are the parameters I need to pass to it to get whatever it is that I want done, right? Like you're not looking at the code. So um, whatever. I guess I will say not to bow down to my uh, digital overlords, but hopefully um, the AI can write secure code, right? You know, like part of the reason that software is vulnerable is because humans write it and humans are fallible. So that's how things happen. But if you have consistent repeatable AI-based code, Yeah, there'll still be some vulnerabilities, but a lot of low-hanging fruit. um, You know, uh, you know, uh, fringe conditions and uh, not overflows, but like not 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 cleaning up your code, not doing input validation. These type of things would just be automatically handled by the code. So very interesting. Sounds like we're going to get a new commercial too, instead of that spooky one. All right, let's do the mid-roll.
1: Thanks to this week's episode sponsor, App Omni. Did you know that over half of companies have sensitive SaaS data exposed on the public internet? And many breaches making headlines now involve SaaS apps? App Omni can help. App Omni identifies misconfigurations and guides remediation to keep your SaaS data secure. We help security teams make sense of data access permissions, third-party app visibility and threat detection across their entire SaaS ecosystem. Get started at appomni.com. That's A-P-P-O-M-N-I dot com.
0: All right. Hey, uh, so guys, I have a really unusual, uh, and I apologize, situation here. The AC repair technician has just arrived. I do need to speak to him. Um, I'm just going to throw a BRB sign on, allow you guys to chat if that's okay. Okay. and I'll play some music. I- I'm sorry, if you have to boogie out of here, completely understand this is if you're new here, this is very unusual. I don't typically have to do this, but um my wife is dropping the kids off at school, and I have a, a technician at my front door I have to go get. So give me a moment, please. Um, again, this is very unusual. Talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back, okay. Uh.
2: I know she said it's alright But you can make it up next time I know she knows it's not right There ain't no use in life Maybe she thinks I know something Maybe, maybe she thinks it's fine Maybe she knows something I don't I'm so, I'm so tired I'm so tired of trying It seems to me that maybe It pretty much always means no So don't tell me You might just Times are lazy it seems to stand in my way. Cause no one no, not no one likes to be let down. I know she loves the sunrise, no longer sees it with her sleeping eyes, and I know. She said she's gonna try Well, it might not work Because of other ties And I know she usually has some other ties And I wouldn't want to break them I wouldn't want to break them Maybe she'll help me to untie this But until then, well I'm gonna have to lie to It seems to me that maybe It pretty much always means no So don't tell me You might just let
0: Thanks everybody. So sorry about that. That was an unexpected uh, interruption to the stream. Very unusual. So please, it looks like nobody left. So (laughs) I appreciate that guys really quickly. um, I want to thank all of you for being here. If you did not know about it, uh, I do send a newsletter out every single Monday. Many of you probably got the newsletter this morning. I hope you get value out of that. I do uh, draft it every, every, well, Saturday I draft it. And, uh, deliver value. So if you're interested in that, I'm out of breath, guys. A little disheveled. Uh, I want to give a quick minute for Callan's artwork of the day. Callan's artwork of the day. So, it's a little less art, but it's on brand. Callan actually wanted me to print out a calendar and then he started marking off the days until voting day in the United States. He's 7. He can't vote, but he's 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 pro he's pro democracy and he wants everybody to know uh to vote on uh tuesday so tomorrow speaking of that we will be doing our uh show tomorrow because it is election day i don't have to teach at the citadel in the morning so the stream will be at 8 a.m eastern time tomorrow uh just a slight programming change for those who are interested all right let's keep going guys hopefully you enjoyed the uh jack johnson a really quick reminder too i am playing world of haiku live on stream later today at 4 p.m eastern so you want to come hang out we do a lot of music i am wearing my red shirt it's gonna be a good time thanks jack johnson for filling in while i was uh handling the maintenance guy zero days are being exploited on a massive
1: scale in increasingly shorter time frames according to microsoft's digital defense report threat actors are increasingly leveraging publicly disclosed zero-day vulnerabilities to target organizations worldwide The researchers noticed a reduction in the time between the announcement of a vulnerability and the commoditization of that vulnerability and remarked on the importance of the patch management process. Microsoft noted that it only takes 14 days on average for the exploitation of the flaw in the wild after its public disclosure and it takes 60 days for the release of the exploit code on GitHub and its experts added many nation state actors have developed capabilities to create exploits from unknown vulnerabilities with China linked APT groups particularly proficient. Yeah. Pencil.
0: Yeah, so this isn't a surprise guy. This is why vulnerability management is so important and so difficult. The second a zero day drops Um, you know, the clock starts ticking and if it's particularly easy to exploit, um, you know, like, I don't know, depends like log4j or something, not some, not some like lower, um, you know, malware specter type thing where it's, where it's, uh, you know, a race condition in, in the CPU architecture. Like those, those, those are really, really hard. Like, but just, you know, a log4j or a Felina or, um, I guess even this open ssl one the other day um they can be exploited and then you know threat actors are starting to do it so they're saying 14 days so what I would take for uh, knowledge in this particular instance is listen if you have like a CVE, CVSS score of like 8 or higher in your environment um when it gets published you like start the clock you have 14 days uh before you sh- you should assume it could be exploited, right? And then, according to this thing, sixty days is when you get a POC on GitHub. So once there's a POC on GitHub or proof of concept, meaning some type of code that gives you like eighty percent of the way, and you can you can like weaponize it after that. The level of sophistication for the threat actor goes down on who can use it, right? So like that's why this that's why the the risk in this graphic is going up is because more people, more threat actors can weaponize. An exploit to exploit that vulnerability. That that's why the risk is going up and why it's temporal. Okay, so this is why I flip out and lose my mind, especially when a vulnerability is quite serious and doesn't have a logo. I know it's silly and funny to talk about, but it doesn't get mainstream adoption. Uh, and certain businesses don't know any better. If you're an MSP and you're you're actually managing IT for four businesses, you might not know all of the tech stacks in your in your clients. Uh, architecture so now you've got a small business who has no idea that they're exposed and they won't be patching it because they don't know any better um, a million other things guys we could I could do an entire I could do an entire course on vulnerability management and uh, actually uh, fun fact Brandon Poole of Panoptici, um great guy huge huge uh, blue team expert he's gonna be coming on stream as a guest in a few weeks maybe in a month. Uh, to talk about vulnerability management. It's going to be an awesome talk. We actually discussed it uh, last week. So anyways, the TLDR here is patch your stuff. It should be a priority if you can patch it. And if not, you need to find workarounds to mitigate the risk.
1: A school district uses AI-based gun detection. Pencrest School District, a mid-sized public school district located in northwest Pennsylvania, has deployed an artificial intelligence-based gun detection video analytics platform to all campuses. Layered on top of a school's existing IP security cameras, the solution, by Zero Eyes, which holds the U.S. Department of Homeland Security Safety Act designation, is designed to help Pencrest identify brandished guns and alert school administrators, safety personnel, and local law enforcement. Former U.S. military and law enforcement specialists monitor from the in-house Zero Eyes Operation Center to deliver intelligence on active shooter incidents, including the person's appearance, clothing, weapon, and real-time location. The platform does not record, store, or share videos or images of students or others, ensuring that privacy is maintained.
0: All right, well, you know, this is, okay, so this is a fine response uh, to you know, the school shootings, the mass shootings, uh, it is kind of cool. I mean, all it does is it identifies a brandish gun, right? So if you have a gun under your hip or anything like that, that's not going to work. Although I would I would say a lot of these school shootings seem to be like assault rifles, right? They're like, you're not hiding an assault rifle in your waistband. Um, so again, I don't know 100% if it's, if it's exclusively or if it would detect uh, rifles, but... The the thing I want to point out is okay, this is good, and I guess I like it in that if it sees a gun, it's going to notify, you know, like kind of like an amber alert, right? It just blasts out, "Hey, there's a problem," um, you can move quicker. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on, guys, here, right? Like the police responded to U- Uvalde. they were there. You know, it, it wasn't a question about notification; it was a question about action. Um, so I, I guess I like this, but also it gets into the surveillance thing. I know that they said they're not going to use that data. They're not going to store it, but at the same time, it does seem valuable if they did store it, right? And if they say they're not going to store it now, does that mean that they won't store it in the future? Um, what can you do with this data? Oh, well you can, you know, it's, it's surveillance, (laughs) it's surveillance, right? Uh, but I do, I I guess I do appreciate it. Uh, The school shooting seems so mindless and, and so um unnecessary and and sad that you know i'm glad that there is some some something here i will also say i like it better that it's a little less invasive than um uh metal detectors right Or, or or teachers carrying weapons um but again this is just detection in our world it's detection and response like yeah you can detect the problem which is part of the part of it but what how, <clears throat> what is the response right so you have to work through that as well
1: Twitter 2.0 Musk's first week as chief In case you missed the numerous goings on at Twitter since Elon Musk took the helm here is a summary from Reuters Although being a social media platform many of these changes have implications in a wide array of cybersecurity concerns Musk fired top executives including CEO Parag Agrawal CFO, Ned Siegel, and Legal Affairs and Policy Chief, Vijaya Gaddy. Layoffs are to apply to about half the workforce or about 3,700 staff. An $8 monthly charge for blue tick verification will allow verification plus priority in replies, mentions and search, and the ability to post longer videos and audios. Corporate advertisers including General Motors, General Mills, Audi of America, snack food company Mondelez International, Pfizer, and Ford have paused advertising or distanced themselves from the company. Musk oh. plans to set up a content moderation council with, quote, widely diverse viewpoints, end quote. Plans for a feature to let people post videos and charge users to view them, with Twitter taking a cut, are on the table. Also on the table is a homepage that directs visitors to an explore page that shows trending tweets and news stories and a possible year-end reboot of Vine.
0: Last week in... Okay, so, you know, Elon came in. Elon has been known for, you know, basically swift action and moving in a direction quickly. Um, he has made some, quite some waves here. Um... You know the way he fires people isn't necessarily the most professional way. Um, the way he's engaging with others on Twitter maybe not always the most professional way. I also saw on this weekend. There's like a movement of a lot of people changing their handle on Twitter. Like your at symbol doesn't change, but like your name changes, and uh, people are changing it to Elon Musk and then and then tweeting out kind of like inappropriate things. Um, and you know those accounts are being uh, banned or or not maybe not banned, but like silenced or whatever. I don't know exactly what Twitter does, but basically those accounts are being um strangled. Uh So you, you apparently you're not allowed to criticize uh <laughs> Elon uh on the platform. So he is doing all this stuff. The $8 blue tick is not cool. That's to me, the, the, of all the things that they're doing, okay, whatever it sucks. Um, Mastodon seems to be where infosec people are going, although it needs uh, a huge, a huge uh, bit of polish, uh, Mastodon to the UX and uh, some other other things. But, anyways, if you're in infosec, check out Mastodon. The one thing that I want to point out here, and I said this last week, that blue check mark, right? The whole thing with the blue check mark is that it meant that somebody had validated the identity of that individual. And that in- individual was either like a reporter or a politician or you know somebody who's could influence somebody whose opinion or thoughts or messaging could cause something right so you'd want it to be identified and validated right you know look at um like kim kardashian posting about crypto right she got in wicked trouble for that and got fined and everything like that but the point is if she didn't have the check mark you could be like oh that's just jerry hiding behind a kim kardashian fake account right the blue check mark Lends authority to the account owner as the person so people listen. Okay, so now that we've established what the blue check mark is, if you're selling the blue check mark, there's nothing in that like the verification process is bull crap, right? Now you can't have trust in the integrity of the blue check mark, right? It could be anyone. And now like it like by charging for it, I feel like they're actually like devaluing it, as, as odd as that sounds. Uh, I know a lot of people are upset. You could see all these advertisers pushing away from the table. So we'll see. Elon spent $44 billion on this thing. So hopefully, like I, no, no business person wants to lose money. Um, so we'll see what, he, what he's got planned. And somewhere.
1: Last week, we reported on stories about a cyber incident at Boeing subsidiary Jepsen causing flight planning disruptions. And Deep Instinct 2022 interim cyber threat report showing that Lockbit accounts for 44% of all ransomware campaigns in the year thus far, with 23% of campaigns attributed to Conti and 21% to Hive, as well as threat actors turning away from the use of document files to spread malware using LNK and other archive email attachments. We also reported on a recognition that not enough people or organizations are reporting ransomware attacks and that a multinational ransomware summit was hosted by the White House. Just a reminder.
0: Yeah, so, you know, there wasn't really a story for this. It's just a weekend roundup on ransomware. A pretty standard issue. I'll look at the chat. I see Aaron KG talking in here about the ch- verification. Maybe there's more to it that I don't understand. Um, the big things with ransomware, Lockbit continues to run run rampant and be the most likely ransomware for you to get, uh, statistically speaking. And uh, the, the White House held a summit with like 30 countries and public-private sector uh, relations and stuff like that with a bunch of action items coming out of it. We'll see how those action items get followed up on. I would love to see action taken on these items, um, but you know... Sometimes the best laid plans don't get fully executed. Making plans is easy. Having ideas is easy. Execution is hard, okay? That's why a lot of people have the, the, oh, I got this great idea. And then like, you never hear about it again because execution is hard, frankly. Uh, But I loved what came out of the White House Summit on ransomware. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go check out, like just Google here, White House Summit Ransomware. I think if you just Google that, you will find this fact sheet right at the top. And it comes out with all these bold things of like what all of the, um, the outcomes were. So a lot of great options in there. Hopefully, um, it works. Guys, I didn't get to play Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me. So I'll do it right now. Uh, I didn't do it because uh, I'm all, all, all out of sorts here. But that is today's stream. I just want to remind everybody later today at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be playing World of Haiku live on stream. It's a lot of fun, these, these uh, Let's Play streams. We listen to great music, we flip out, and uh, we learn, and, uh, learn Linux and learn pen testing skills together uh, in the World of Haiku platform available on Steam. I hope you can join me and the rest of the crew who are going to be there at 4 p.m. Eastern later today. So, if you're here just for the news, feel free to peace out. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, tomorrow is a special 8 a.m. on Tuesday. Um, I will not be teaching in the morning tomorrow morning, so the stream will be at 8 a.m. Uh, hopefully, you can catch out, catch it. Hopefully, it's convenient for all of you. Uh, I know some of the West Coast people aren't going to be loving it, but now, if you got a boogie, I'll see you later. But I will spend just a minute talking to chat, um, saying what's up. Hey, Joel Belton, good to see you. Good to see you, Jenny. How's the Alana? Always on the regular. Jessica Propes, thanks for the squad support. Have a great day, too. I'll see you on World of Haiku. Hey, Carrie, thanks for the squad support. Jim Lund, my man, you're welcome. Just a bite. We'll see you later. Alfredo, hey, man, be good. Arturo, you have a great week, man. Hamza, good to see you. My pleasure delivering it. Cyber Squad, love. Happy Monday to you, too. <laughs> Legosec, what's up to you? Always good to see you. Guys, if you got interviews this week, crush them. If you got cert exams, crush them. Whatever you're doing, crush it. You're welcome, Tom Bishop. It's it's what I do. Justin Gold, good to see you, man. Crush it. Have a good weekend. A good week. There is a stream on Friday. Yes, so um, good question. So Memorial Day or Veterans Day or whatever, um, I will be working... I will be working every day this week, and guys, if I've asked CISO Series if they're doing a podcast on the holidays, and they didn't respond to me, so I don't know. So guess what? It doesn't happen often, but if there's no podcast that day, I will be going a acapella with my own news stories, reading them in my best Steve Prentice voice, and then reacting to them. So it'll be kind of a silly stream, kind of fun. I'll still be delivering hot takes on uh, the top news of the day. It'll just be... Um, A little bit different. And you're going to see what happens when I have to pivot. And, um, you know, it's like, what is it? What do the Marines say? Like, uh, adapt and overcome. I'll be adapting and overcoming. So I probably won't do one on um, Thanksgiving morning. We'll see about that. But that's not for a few weeks. So spoiler alert, too. This is bad opsec. But someone's birthday is this week. Just saying, I'm not going to give anyone what day it is. Rogue News. That's right, Kimberly. Oh, maybe Eric. We'll see. Hey, Carrie. Joel Belton. Love it, love it, love it. All right, y'all. Thanks to Simple Minds for the music. Shane Himes. Yeah, thank you. Happy birthday. I appreciate that. To all the Marines out there, I share a Marine Corps birthday. You'll know what I mean. All right, y'all. Be good. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Thank you so much.